The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. So my guest today is Nancy Mello. Nancy is an animal communicator, medium, and clairvoyant who has worked with pets and people in over 65 countries and found over 121 pets since March of 2020. She has been featured in Cosmopolitan UK, The Washington Post, The Mirror UK, and Dogster Magazine for her work with End of Life Pets. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for being Hi. here today. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to dig in as a fellow animal lover and fellow psychic medium. Uh, I am just so excited to hear about your experiences and what you have learned by working with animals on the other side, and probably even here on this side too, because I'm sure you can communicate for them, which is oh, fantastic. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. And maybe share a little bit about how did you even know you could do this? So I've known from a very young age that uh, I could talk to dead people and animals. However, because I grew up Roman Catholic, it was just completely unheard of. And I guess for me, it was less offensive to say I could talk to dead people as opposed to animals because, you know, dead people, at least there's evidence of that, but there's less, you know, if you look in the scripture, there's less people talking to animals and more people talking to dead. So when I told my mother this, when I was six years old, she of course freaked out and I was on a bunch of medication. I, 20, 30 different medications until I was 18. And through all sorts of things, I, we were kind of laughing in the, in the pre-show uh, but I, I think I have been, uh, I have been like, I've had not like a seance, but I've had like people try and release the devil from me. I've had like an exorcism of, like, people trying to like exorcisms. Thank you. Yeah, I can see, wow. I, I, I don't even recall the word like exorcisms yeah. and like people trying to pull, like throwing holy water at me, all this stuff that is really traumatizing for a young yeah. person that really just wants it to stop because the, the the funny thing is though is that even with all of the medications i was on and the help that my family tried to give me it never stopped my abilities it made mm. my emotions numb it 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 made me a little bit calmer when i became mm. a teenager but it never fully suppressed them and that's how i really knew that there was truly a gift and and there's nothing wrong with with medication if you need it but the challenge was and this was in the early 80s we know a lot more about medication now but in the 80s it was a lot of just experimental things being thrown at me and i was you know given every diagnosis from schizophrenia to bipolar to borderline everything under the sun that they could think of disassociative because they could not put a name for what I was experiencing and why I knew certain things in terms of clairvoyance. And it was very scary. 
uh, I had nuns that I grew up in a small town, actually outside of a small town. I grew up seven miles from a small town of 700 in Northern California. Wow. And I recall the, the nuns berating me behind my back when I didn't go to service with the catechism or with the youth groups, they would say, stay away from her. She's evil. She's no good because it's, it's, it's easy to fear something and, and to not like something that you can't understand or explain. Yep. It really wasn't until my late thirties where I had tried to color in the lines for the last time. And I realized that I was just putting on mask after mask. I'm also a military spouse of a U.S. military active duty member, and I didn't want it to affect their career. So I really tried hard to do what was expected of me. I got married. I had kids. Actually, I had a starter marriage first, and then I, and then I got married again uh, to to my second husband. So I, I I joke that I I had to try out marriage for the first time, and then realized okay, and then it was it, it's just a trial, just a trial, and I didn't yeah. you know didn't subscribe, didn't want to continue to subscribe. <laughs> yeah. But my second marriage, it's it's uh, fifteen years now, and nice. it's actually the confidence that I've gained in this marriage, in where my spouse even with what he does for a living and he's he's an engineer he is in, incredibly smart and he's very very rational he is he is literally an eagle scout he is so practical and i remember when we were dating he he was talking about his beloved grandfather and i started telling him memories that his grandfather had of him i'm saying oh yeah he did this and my spouse was like no i i told you that oh, okay and so that's how it was for the first few years. I would tell him like, hey, I know things. And he'd be like, yeah, okay. We went to buy our first condo. And I said, like, I would, we would be in a place and I'd say, okay, this is what I feel. And he'd be like, ah, and then it would turn out to be true. So, so after a while he learned, okay, you know, okay, there's something he said, but I can't explain it. And so at first, when I realized I could help other people because that's what I wanted to do. And unfortunately at the time, and this is just a few years ago, but there were no other examples of psychics like us. I had the Sylvia Browns. I had the Miss Cleos, right? You had people that in the public eye uh, that were very, I, I want to call them woo woo, but with no disrespect for woo woo, because there's a place for woo woo and kind of the wonderful, beautiful mysticism. But here I was a mom, a dork that dances in her pajamas that just, you know, sings off key. And I just couldn't relate. And it's funny because when I started doing this professionally and I started opening myself up, I had someone, a military spouse message me and all it said was it's about time. And I said, what? what are you talking about? And she said, you told me eight years ago that you would never do this because you never wanted to be a crazy psychic. Because again, that's, that's sure. the impression of what people did. And I actually have a picture drawn by Da Vinci. It's a very little known picture that he drew in Venice. Uh, it's of gypsies trying to pickpocket someone while they're getting their palm read. I happened to see this drawing when my spouse and I were traveling overseas and it struck me that mm. people like this, have, we have been around for hundreds of years. We, people have always been here that have known things that have been able to connect with people that have passed. And through the years, it was easier to call them evil and say they were 
spouting out horrible things because the church and others couldn't explain it. And so I actually have that image on, I have it on a, a, right next to me to remind me that psychics, mediums, clairvoyants, animal communicators, we've always been here. Wow. And it's just a matter of being open to it. And the fact that religion and mediumship can go hand in hand. We're not against the other. And so that's what I really try and do. I call myself an evidential medium because I, everything I say hopefully can be proven, but it took me gaining the courage to come. And I say, take off my mask to really be honest. And I realized that if I didn't take off this mask, I, 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 I was very, very, very depressed. And I had been suffering mm -hmm. from depression and anxiety my entire life. And I realized that if I could help one person, then it would all be worth it. Then the rejection that I was so afraid of, the, the, the shame that I had gotten used to feeling, it would be worth it if I could help someone. I actually, I was watching, I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was watching the latest season and there's a drag racer by the name of Malaysia. She has two other parts of her name, but I just remember the first one right now, Malaysia. And she was talking, there was a, uh, the second episode, I believe they're, they're talking about religion and Malaysia talked about growing up in the church and how he had a hard time because he was told his entire life that being gay was wrong. But yet he said, how, but I knew I was gay and how was it wrong if God created me? Mm -hmm. How was it wrong? And I remember I actually recorded that and put that little part on my TikTok because I was like, that's how I felt. That's mm -hmm. what it took for me is realizing. And I remember screaming at God one time in my car, so depressed, sobbing, going, why, why do I have these abilities? Why me? I hate the attention. <laughs> I am so afraid of rejection. I'm a complete and utter introvert. That's why I dance with my cats. You know, I am so not who I would think that God would pick to know things. And I realized that it, it kind of connected when I saw what Malaysia was saying, that, that God knows what they're doing. Like, they're going to pick the people. But if, if I had it, I was supposed to help. And as long as I didn't hurt anyone, as long as I wasn't doing this for ego, which I have to check a lot. Okay. <laughs> am I doing this because I want to, am I doing this because it's fulfilling a need in me, which I definitely am aware of as long as I'm doing this to help and not hurt, then I yeah. will continue to do it. And it truly is. I describe it similar to someone going into a priesthood or the clergy. I consider it a calling. This is truly my calling. I don't have a choice in doing this. I have felt led. It took a lot of heartache and a lot of unpleasant experiences to get here, but it gained me the empathy of being able to sit in a space with my clients and truly emphasize, empathize, empathize with them. And I know that I will be doing this for the rest of my life because I'm helping people with my abilities. And that's all I can do. And if someone doesn't believe, that's okay. There's no judgment from my end. There's no, you need to believe what I'm saying or else, none of that. And if someone says, oh, you're wrong, I say, okay, that's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay to have a different, a different opinion. And I welcome it. 
I welcome a conversation. But if you're just going to spout Bible verses at me and call me an abomination, that's clearly not a conversation. But if you're open to it, and that's what I love about my spouse, is that here he came from a very Episcopal background, very rigid, very military. And he was able to say, okay, I can't. And how he reasons it is, well, I can't, we can't prove what you do yet. But he believes that science is catching up to that and that there is a way to explain, which I love to think of it as, is that there's a beautiful mix of religion and science, and it really can coexist very beautifully. I can relate with so much of what you said. I love that you brought up Sylvia Brown because she she was the first psychic medium whose books I read back in the 90s who helped me mm -hmm. launch my spiritual, my first spiritual awakening. I, I say I have two. So who yeah. helped launch my first? Um, same, and, and just so many things that I can relate with. I don't have to repeat it because you said it so lovely. Um, but one thing that I did want to comment on, and I'm so glad that you brought it up, was the fact that you're like, I'm this introvert. Like I want to be at home with my animals. <laughs> I totally get that. And I had a guest who came on and she said the most amazing thing to me. And it made so much sense. And I feel like I've heard it in many ways. You, you mentioned it in a way like a, a version of this, but she said that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I feel mm, like that's exactly that's what's happening, right? That's like, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Like that's exactly what it is. It's like, well, who am I? Well, I, I mean, I must be malleable or I must be, I must be somebody who's willing to eventually, you know, after the kicking and screaming, like accept yeah. what's going on here. Right. Completely. <laughs> and just completely. Put myself completely. Out there. Yeah. And I think what's so fantastic is that there, the people like you, people like me and other psychic mediums that I've met who are really down to earth and they're living life like normal. They're not woo woo daily life. Yeah. Yeah. They may be constantly connected, but they still have carpools and they still have jobs. And so I love that. And I think because of that, and more of us are talking about that. And, and here we are having these conversations that that's probably why another reason why there are so many more psychic mediums out there, because now it's like, okay, I think, I feel like there is more that I've come across. It could be because I'm just now in that industry. <laughs> and so I just see them more and I connect with them more. Um, and I'm, you know, I learn and again connect, but I do feel like, and, per, and again, it could be because of social media and there's just, the world's getting smaller. So we're finding each other more that way. So, okay, this is fantastic. So how did all of this turn into connecting with animals and all the great work that you do with animals? I, truly, I was led. It, it starts, I, I really believe, and it sounds so cheesy, but I really believe that I am meant to connect with whoever I'm meant to talk to. And it started with just being open and hearing animals. It started with a, a dog that I was on a flight with, a service dog that comforted me as I was panicking during turbulence. It's so funny because people think, oh, you're psychic. You're not afraid of you know, you can't be afraid of, of the plane or you can't be afraid. And I am like the most terrified, or at least I used to be. I'd like so, I'd be holding on. But it was actually a service dog that like I had had about five drinks before the plane. I wouldn't recommend it, but the plane kept being delayed. And I was just like, I didn't have my kids. So moms of young kids, you can relate when you are away from your kids. You're just like 20 years old again, wanting to. It doesn't just, matter where you are. <laughs> you're just like, yes, I'm in a, I am in an, an airport. Yes, I will try that. I will have that extra white claw. Uh, yes, 
because I've got a five hour plane ride. Like, so yeah, so I'm on the plane and I'm, we hit turbulence, which is turbulence is perfectly safe. And yet terrifying. So I agree with you. Yeah. And I just froze (laughs) up and the, the, the service dog's owner was fast asleep and I'll never forget the dog pawed me. And because I had been working all weekend, I had been doing sessions in Chicago. I looked over and without even thinking about it, I said in my head, as you would communicate, what? I just said, what? You know? And the dog said, let me help you. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I knew I had these abilities, but it's another thing to like hear it. And I was like, what the hell? And the dog pawed me again and says, you need to sleep. And I'm like, really? Really? I look over. I had a friend that had come with me. She's passed out. The 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 dog owner's passed out. And I hear the dog say again, pause me again. It's a little chihuahua. And I happen to have a picture of her. I don't know. It, it must be, again, this wonderful way the universe works. I happen to take a picture of this dog because I was sharing it with someone. Uh, but the dog said, put your head down on the tray table. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. So I put my head down. The dog puts its paw on my head. Scrooches over the, the I, I had someone, I told the story on TikTok and people were analyzing it and they were like, how did the dog put his paw on your head? If it was a chihuahua from the owner. And I'm like, it scooted all the way down the owner's lap. And I'm, I, I can't make this up. Put its paw on my head. I have never slept on a plane before. And it said, you need to sleep. And I literally, I was out. Next thing I know, I'm waking up. And I look up and the dog owner's awake and looking out the window and I look at the dog and the dog is like very, like very proud of itself like this. And it was soon after that, I was talking to a friend and I heard her dog in the background. Oh, she, and I just offhand. And this is how I joke that, um, it before, before I started doing this professionally, it was a great way to get cute boys to kiss me. I would just say, Hey, I can tell you about your grandfather. Hey, I can tell you to do this in a professional sense. It's, it's very different because again, you're, you're more serious. So I would always do it as a party trick for my friends even. So I was talking to my friend on the phone and I said, oh, she wants those, the, the, the small dog treats on top of the refrigerator. Now this was another military spouse about 500 miles away. I'd never seen her house. And she's like, Nancy, the dog treats are on top of the refrigerator and they're the shape that I described. And I was like, oh, okay. At the time I'd been working just as a medium and a clairvoyant, because again, I, while I knew I had these abilities to speak with animals, I don't honestly think I understood the gravity of it. I didn't understand, not not so much the demand, but what impact I could make. Because I was still like you in your kind of the, your spiritual awakening. It was like, it's little baby steps, right? You can't just jump in the deep end of the pool. So I was like, okay, totally. I'll, I'll be open as a clairvoyant. Okay, I'll be open as a medium. Yep, and then yep. this came. And soon after, I was literally and figuratively called by an acquaintance that her dog was passing. Mm-hmm. and wanted to know what she had to say. And I'll never forget, I forget the dog breed. I'm horrible with dog breeds, but uh, she's a beautiful dog named Cleo. And mm-hmm. she said she wanted to watch the shorebirds. She wanted to run by the shore and she described the exact beach. And the owner was like, oh my God, that's where we go every day. Again, this is an acquaintance. I've never seen her house. I've never seen where she watches. Soon after that, so I, it was at that time I started discovering that animals have bucket lists. Soon after that, I actually got to go over and sit with Cleo right before she passed. And there were all these special things that happened at the time that she passed. A day later, Cleo's owner sees Cleo in a dream. And Cleo Cleo shows her like a movie screen and points at it and says, you'll see my name. My name's going to be out there. My name is going to be, my name is going, they're going to know my name. 
And so she happens to say it because she's like, I think it has something to do with you. I believe it was about a year later that Dogster Magazine called me up and said, would you like to be featured talking about end of life? And I said, of course, I'd be honored. And I talked about Cleo and Cleo's name is in Dogster Magazine in the December, January 2022 issue. So Cleo's name is there. And it's fascinating because Cleo, and again, we joke, you know, as psychics, as mediums, we're not ever psychic about ourselves, right? But the dog <laughs> was clearly telling her owner, no, 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 she's going to, she's going to do it. She's going to honor me. But at the time you're like, what are you? you know what? I, it's like, yeah. you know, so I, I'm honored every time I get to say her name, because if it wasn't for Cleo, I wouldn't be here because she mm. truly changed the way I looked at things. She, she helped me believe. Truly. Yeah. She helped me believe that, that I, I always knew that animals passed on with us. Uh, if you are a fan of Sylvia Brown, she has this wonderful joke and I love to, or joke and, and she says it, which is when we pass all of our, you know, we'll be greeted by all of our loved ones, but all of our pets and all of our pets, not just from this lifetime, but from every lifetime will run to greet us and practically run over our loved ones. Now yep. I've always known this. I've had faith yeah. in this, Yes, but to yes. see it firsthand from Cleo and the mm. things that she told me on the day she passed and the things that I saw. And then after Cleo, it was one more and one more and one more. And now I work with end of life pets on at least three or four a week that I'm helping animals cross over. Mm. And I'm, again, I'm very evidential. So when I see things in a beautiful pattern fall every single time in some shape or form, you go, this is not just faith. This is true. This is becoming fact, at least for me. Yes. And so for animals, animals pass over very similar to humans. The only difference is that I've found in animals is that animals, when they pass, they have no fear. There's nothing to hold on to because they have such a beautiful self-awareness that life doesn't end for them, that this goes on. Whereas I feel like with people, especially those of us that maybe aren't, that we don't have that faith or that belief that in life after this, that we really will grip on and hold on with all of our might. Yeah. But with animals, it's this beautiful, just letting go. And even in the most tragic situations, it's this beautiful acceptance and they just hands up. And mm -hmm. there's always someone that just like with people, there seems to be animals that will surround them before they pass. If there's enough time, they will start seeing their animals. Some animals I'll have, I'll see their moms, their dads. I once was speaking with a squirrel and the squirrel had fallen out of a tree and lost her mom. I did not know this. I was connecting with uh, the family had saved the squirrel, raised it in the house because it could no longer be outside. And later sure. the squirrel passes and the squirrel described its mom who they had seen pass. And it was in detail. Now you're going to say, oh, it's a squirrel. Squirrels all look the same. Eh, they have little identifying marks. Ooh. So it's things like that, that you go, this is real. So they will have animals that they knew in life and animals also connected to you. So if they do have a family, if they're not squirrels or rabbits or whatever, if they, if rabbits outside, I should say, if yeah. they do have a family, then it's also people that were connected to you. So you will see, and this goes for anyone, even animals in the shelter, any animal, they are always greeted by people. Now, from what I understand and what I've heard is let's say you have, unfortunately, animals that have to be put down in the shelter that have no home. 
There are volunteers, just like there are volunteers here. There are volunteers on that plane at home in heaven that will walk over animals. If there's no one in their life that they were touched by a human, they have human volunteers. And they're still not afraid. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. And they are greeted by loving people. And animals can do the same things we can do at home. Uh, a lot of animals will describe especially if they've had arthritis or they haven't been able to run or walk, a lot of them are just running. So if you had a dog that would just do sprints or little, what do you call it? Um, zoomies or something. Zoomies around the house. <laughs> Crazy runs. That's what they're doing at home. That's number one. They are running. If they, let's say you threw away their favorite green and red ball when they were five years old, they remember that ball and they will show me that ball in a session and say, I found my ball. So if your pet had a favorite, favorite toy, you better believe that they have it there. Now, if, is it's not the physical toy that we know physical, but it is in energy. Sure. And this is as real as you and I talking right now. They are alive just in a different energy state, but they can see, they can hear, they can smell, they can do everything. They are free. I hope that's like very comforting to, to those of us who have lost pets and who maybe have those questions. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I'm curious from all the readings that you've done, what are some of the signs that pets tend to leave their loved ones here in the physical? And what are some examples of ways that they have visited their loved ones from the other side? You so it varies. And, yeah. It varies as, as, as it does for people this morning, I was speaking with someone that a, I kept, the dog kept showing me a bird, a bird had flown in her house and it turned out to be, and I, it was like, I was like a small bird flew in your house. And sure enough, a few days after her dog had passed, a hummingbird had flown in <laughs> and she had moved and she happens to park where somehow there are hummingbirds in this garden right by where she parks her car. And so she's seeing all the, these hummingbirds are around her. So it could be as beautiful and as simple. A lot of times animals will use birds, but I've seen everything from a lot of times they'll do uh, a lot of dogs and cats will do footprints. They'll do paw prints. I had another beautiful story mm -hmm. of a paw print that uh, the animal, the dog left in milk, uh, in their like milk foam. You, a lot of times you'll see them in dreams is probably the most common. And a lot of times, unfortunately, people will doubt that. They'll go, oh, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not them. It's just my imagination. And sure. what I say is that if it's a beautiful dream, if it's not harmful, if it's just them, trust that, that they're going to come to you with love. And if you feel that, that's, I would trust it. And worst case, if it turns out not to be them and you go home a long time from now and you say, hey, were you in that dream? And they go, that wasn't me. It's not, you know, you haven't lost anything. So dreams sure. is probably the most common you will also see them out of the corner of your eye. And another really common one that I haven't experienced yet is you'll actually feel them jump up on the bed, feel them jump up on something. Oh. And I, I hear that that's very, that can be very unnerving because you're like, what, what the hell is that? And it's very, <laughs> of course, any of these things, whether it's seeing them out of the corner of their eye, 
feeling them jump up or a dream. It's going to go like that. And I joke that it's always going to be a split second because if it was any longer, we'd all be jumping off bridges. Like if we, <laughs> if they were here for like five minutes and they're like, mom, it's me. I'm here. Look at all this beautiful stuff. It's me. You can touch me. You can feel me. We'd be all like, nope, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, so they're going to give you a split second, just, just like with people. But honestly, the signs are so varied. So what I just what I say is trust it and don't look for the sign. Don't, don't go. Okay. Is that, is that it? Is that it? I've had <laughs> animals with electronics. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. no, because it, it, you can't like, so I'll give you an example from my personal life. So I lost my beloved cat who I had, I had been with my, my adult cat. He survived my first marriage and he came into my second. And, uh, my, I had a friend once joked that he had more frequent flyer miles than some people because he was moving all over because we were military <laughs> and he passed, he passed a few years ago and he was always right by my side at night. And I got one sign just after he passed his, um, when I was taking him home, the, all of the lights in my car dimmed, nothing since. And I'm an animal communicator. And last spring I was driving down to do sessions in Kentucky and I'm up in new England and Connecticut. And I stopped over in Pennsylvania for the night. And I had a friend that came with me and the next day we're driving on again. And my friend said, there was an orange cat on your bed last night. And I was like, what? An orange cat? And I said, oh, well, I know it wasn't a ghost. Now, we had stayed at this old 18th century ho uh, hotel. So I, it could, you know, it very, I, the first thing I thought was, is it a ghost? Wasn't a ghost. And she's like, no. And I said, well, was it, maybe it was one of yours. And she said, no, I don't think it was one of yours. She said, but I heard it meowing. And she said, I thought you were doing sessions. I thought you were doing something on your phone. She said, so I looked over and you were asleep. And then she said, she closed her eyes and she saw a beautiful orange tabby laying next to me. And that, and so as I'm driving, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, I stopped the car and I show her the picture of my cat. And I said, is this who you saw? And she said, yes. Oh. So he knew, but just like me, right? Just like I'm looking he knew he couldn't get through me. And this is another mm -hmm. thing that will happen. Sometimes your pets will send signs to other people to give to you. So if you're too deep in grief, I actually, I, this happened just a couple of days ago to another client where it mm -hmm. actually came through to her mom. Her mm -hmm. mom had the dream and she was so crushed. Why didn't he come to me? And I mm -hmm. said, because you're grieving. If you're grieving, it's so hard to get through. But just like my cat knew that because I'm sensing that he mm -hmm. wasn't going to get through to me. So he came through, but it was beautiful because it was one of my first times that I had left my family uh, pre-COVID, since COVID, and I was traveling and I always called him my protector. So here we were traveling in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. at, staying for the night, and he was showing her like, hey, I'm watching you. <sighs> so oh, that'll happen so as well. I mean, but it's just like with people, it's it it can vary. But what I would say is keep them in your heart, but go about your daily stuff and it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And I hate saying that, but in other words, we can't control it because if we try and control it, it's not going to happen. That's why I think animals and people like electronics so much. Cause that's mm -hmm. one thing we can't control. Even like while I was just talking about my cat, your, your screen went blank. It's just oh. like that, how, how we, we can't control that. And that'll happen a lot of times during sessions. We'll be talking about someone. I once, I was actually speaking to a person a mom. And she said, I'm, I don't want to talk about that. And we kept talking about it. She literally kicked us both out of the zoom. Same thing for people, same thing for pets though. 
So mm -hmm. pets will show us signs, just like I assume that was my cat that just did that to your screen where I'm talking <laughs> about him and I'm saying he doesn't show signs and then he turns off the screen. <laughs> Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it I love because it. that validated for me too. I lost my yellow lab buddy um, almost a couple of years ago now, and I felt that hummingbirds were from him. So that validated yeah. for me. So well, thank and, you so much. And it's funny because yeah. I usually don't like, I, I, I just was talking to someone this morning about it and I just was, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. So it must've <laughs> been for you. You know how oh, it's like, yay. You know, as, as, as you get it though, you just get random things and you're like, I'm supposed yes. to say this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I know, I know, you know, who puts it there. Yes. I know. I was like, mm, me. well, that's partly yeah. why I'm no, so excited totally to you. talk with totally. you. Yeah. Cause I, and I wear this every day, but this is my, um, my necklace to commemorate my two pups, Buddy and Cody, who, who passed over the last couple of years, my two labs, a yellow and a black. And, um, so I just, uh, any, no, that any, was any opportunity. Oh, that's so definitely. good. Any opportunity that I get to like talk about maybe what they're experiencing based on other stories. I'm just, I'm just so excited to do. And, but you it's, know, it's hard be because yeah. as mediums, like we, people think that we're psychic about ourselves, that we have like, you know, and I joke that my husband's still waiting for us to win the lottery. Like we are absolutely <laughs> not psychic about ourselves. I, I, t I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, like I just got over the flu a few weeks ago, mm. would not recommend, please get your flu shot. <laughs> and, uh, my, um, I was in a meditation and someone came to me. So actually when I'm sick, I will feel people. But yeah. other than that, I, I don't, I don't feel people for me personally. It's not like, Hey grandma, can you help me out here? Like it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So when you mentioned, okay, so after Buddy, so Buddy was kind of like my dog. He came with me into mm -hmm. the marriage. And so when he passed, I was um, in very deep grief. And my husband was the one to have the dream about him, heard him walking down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I had that thought mm -hmm. like, well, I want him to visit me too. So that's exactly what happened was that I was just way too deep in grief um, and yeah. my husband was able to open up enough, I guess, for, for him to say that, Hey, I'm here. I'm still visiting. So and that's absolutely yeah. okay. It has yeah. nothing to do. I think the important thing is really to not take it personally. It's yes. not like they love you any less if someone yes. else gets a sign. It's how can I reach them? If, if, if anything, it's a testament to how much and how deeply they love you because they're trying yeah. other outlets, similar to how, when we hear things, we will get pings all over the place. Hey, say this, say this. So it's very similar. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. That just warms my heart so much. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the work that you do for helping find missing pets. How does that work? Honestly, I don't know. I just say <laughs> words and it turns out to be correct. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So like the person who's missing a pet will like, will reach out to you and say, look, mm -hmm. I know, you know, we were missing our, our cat or our dog mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you just tune in and see what you can find. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, and I found, I found a mini mule. I have found oh, wow. donkeys. I, I have a donkey. I think I found two goats now. Uh, the goats <laughs> one are pretty funny. The goats are hysterical goats, <laughs> but for future reference, if anyone has a goat on the loose, don't chase them. They will run and these guys can run. There was one goat that was missing in, I believe it was Massachusetts. And the goat kept telling me, tell them not to chase me. 
tell them not to chase me. And a half hour later, I get this photo of a state or not a state trooper, like a county sheriff or whatever, because this goat was crossing town lines and the sheriff or the, whatever the cop is trying to go after him. And this co- this goat is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Like trying to chase a chicken. <laughs> no. uh, oh my gosh. Like goats, goats are hysterical. I love working with goats. But yeah, no. So what I do, I always, the first thing I always ask is, are you alive? Are you alive? Are you mm. hurt? So I can tell if they're alive or not based on the images they're giving me. Animals that are alive will describe a current, will show me a current area. They'll give me sounds, water running. They will show hurt. Maybe their paws are hurting. They will show, uh, they will give me words. So for instance, I'm working with a missing pet down South right now. And Mm -hmm. I kept hearing grace or gray, gray, grace. I kept saying, and I kept hearing it. And we're looking on Google maps and it was the name of a, 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 point on Google. And we're like, okay. So it's stuff like that. So I will hear numbers as well. And I will Mm. hear words. But the first thing I always say is, are you alive? Animals that are past will generally talk about the past and show Mm. past memories. And so sometimes I'll be speaking with a client and they'll say, oh, that happened. That's always a clue. Like, okay. So I'll make sure they're safe and I'll make sure uh, what state they're in. And then Honestly, depending on the type of animal, sometimes I just try and reason with them. Uh, statistically, I have found more cats than anything else. Cats, surprisingly, can be reasoned with. <laughs> cats are stubborn. But so there was a cat in Connecticut a couple summers ago, and there was a thunderstorm coming. And this cat had been out two days. And we knew where this cat was. It was just a couple streets down in Connecticut. It's beautiful, but you've got these wonderful, like narrow, windy roads and stuff. And the cat, like we knew where the cat was. He described a house that was just a ways over and there was a thunderstorm coming. And I was just like, okay, because we kept trying to get this cat to come back. And the cat's like, no, I don't want to come back. And finally I was like, okay, look, because cat hated being wet. And I was like, there's, it's going to be pouring rain and wind. So you've got an hour to come back. And I was just like very, I, and so do animals tell time? Not really. They can tell by the passing of a day, but somehow this is translated. <laughs> and I said, you have an hour. When the sun goes down, it's going to start raining. It's going to be very wet and, and windy. And I just was very like, and sure enough, 15 minutes later, I get a text with the cat standing outside the door, just like, I'm done. But the cat listened. The cat didn't want to be outside in the rain. So a lot of times wow. it's it's just saying, okay, where are you? Um, depending on what their trigger are is, uh, the dog I'm working with now down south was chased. Mm. When animals are chased, it 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 always just makes it scared because then they s- stop trusting humans. Mm. So in that this dog's case that I'm working with right now, I'm encouraging it to go to another animal. We've had other dogs been found at, uh, they'll go to a, uh, a goat farm or, uh, you know, they'll go to where the animals are, uh, yeah. farms, you'll, you'll, a lot of lost animals will end up finding their way to a farm because there's food, there's oh shelter, God. there's relative safety, and okay. they can kind of get lost in all of the equipment and the barn area. There'll be a lot of animals that seem, tend to be go over there. But so mm-hmm. I'm just getting information like this, a red barn a red shed. This is what it looks like. This is how it's broken down. This is the direction. And so what I will do is I will, without Googling anything first, I will just type everything out. This is exactly what I see. This is what I hear, see, feel, smell. Mm. This is if they're eating, do they see people around? Is there water? So I go through all of that. 
I asked for the specific address the pet was lost and also where there were any sightings. And then I will go to Google. I will put those points in and match it up with what I heard in my head. And we will create a graph essentially for them to go check. There was a cat missing for a couple of months. I don't know where, I think Florida. And I essentially, I gave the, the owner a graph in these, in like a four by four. And I said, this is where the cat is. And sure enough, that's where they, and so they had been targeting a different area. So they just put flyers out in that area. And sure enough, a week later, the cat was found. I mean, that's a needle in a haystack. So, you can't just make that up. <laughs> that's amazing. That's why, so if, if you're watching on the video, I have a whole, I have like pictures all over in the back of some of the animals I found. Uh, so, and that's what led to me being featured in the Washington Post yeah. is uh, yeah. this story. And actually that's Willow. The one that was in the Washington Post is right behind. That's Willow and her owner. So I'm rightfully so. Uh, I'm oh. I'm happy to do it. I But frankly, I don't know how I do it. Like it's not, <laughs> <laughs> I just hear things and I, I, I just became no, known for it. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just quiet my mind. I don't meditate though. I just kind of go, okay. And I talk to it. Oh, that's so wonderful. Okay. That's, I'm, that's... I'm grateful. And I think, yes. Yeah, go ahead, please. I, I try, I learn. you know, I'm a big overthinker and I, I went, I had my therapist, I had a wonderful therapist for years. Unfortunately, she retired to Mexico, um, oh. but she, she told me, I have no idea what she told me. Oh, yeah, that's right. She told me, she, she, kept, she would tell me for years, you need to meditate. You need to meditate. And I'd be like, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. So I started doing this and she asked me again, you need to meditate. And I finally said, Suzanne, I meditate when I'm working. And it stopped her. She's like, I bet you do. And I do. This is my Zen time when I'm talking to you, when I'm sensing, I am all in. I can't hear my kids scream. They will. I can't hear the smoke detector go off. It has. I I will not hear anything around me. I am hyper-focused, as they would say in an ADHD term. I am hyper-focused. And it is very meditative for me where my brain just shuts off. So it, when I say I don't know how I do it, I'm, I'm being very honest. I just tune out. And I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how I do it. Sure, Yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, I think studies have been done on mediums where they check, they, mm -hmm. they keep track of their brain waves as they mm -hmm. work. And that's what mm -hmm. they see is that they do get in a, in the same state as like sleep or meditation. Um, and mm -hmm. it's what happens mm -hmm. when they tune so, in. So, yeah. So one of the most popular professions that I work with surprisingly is doctors, oh. doctors and nurses, and also therapists. And mm. I once, I, I, when I talk to someone with a specialty, a neurologist, an oncologist, I always have to pick their brain right back. Cause I'm always like, you know, I talk with a lot of vets and anyway, so I spoke with a legit brain surgeon, like she title brain surgeon. And so much so she's like, yeah, it's easy. But I remember at the end, like, awesome. Okay. Glad and I, that someone finds it easy. Yeah. But she was just very nonchalant. Just very like, oh yeah, like I can do it in my sleep. Awesome. So wow. I, of course I had to ask her at the end and I of course thanked her for being open to this. And I had to ask her, I yeah. was like, how do you make sense of this? First of all, thank you. But how do you make sense of this? And she said, very, she's like, she stopped and she was very plain. And she said, do you know that we only understand five to 10% of the brain? She said, people don't really understand that. She said, the brain is the most un 
mis ununderstood under researched or understood yeah non yeah they have yeah. no idea she said we still have no idea and her theory was that everyone used to be able to do this mm. and that it was instinct based so during hunter gatherer days we used to all be able to do this and that's how we survived it was for survival and wow. over time, as we became uh, more into towns and farmers and less hunter-gatherers, and the way it turned into hunter-gatherers, whatever, switching into that, yeah, the next, yeah. into farming and towns and stuff, mm -hmm. that we stopped needing that ability. Oh. And she truly believed that it's just an unaccessed part of our brain that we all have. I do, and I think as a lot of people believe that there is a genetic component, mm. it's it's, it can be challenging to see if it's genetic because, you know, it is so hush-hush, but I do have lineage on both sides that even though it's hush-hush there, I had a, my great-great-grandfather was a doctor and he got very sick until he was healed during like a healing prayer. And mm. he ran one of the biggest faith healing churches actually in LA. Wow. And yes, his name was Dr. Yoakum. And he believed he could heal by prayer huh so it's fascinating and you know so what you would say prayer then is it intuition is it healing by hand sure. I mean, we could get into that so yeah. and that's just one little faucet so if, if you have genetic lineage and then you understand if you innately have that in you and i know like for my family, it's terrifying i know mm. when i was 18 my mom's sister pulled me aside and said you know, I have that ability too, but Ooh. I just don't talk about it. So like, for instance, my mom has the ability. I, I'm almost positive, but she is wow. so terrified of it because she was raised Catholic because she was raised, she wants to color in the lines and that's what she's comfortable with. Yeah. So you have a lot of that, especially in very traditional families where this was something that maybe you would not, maybe you wouldn't reveal ever in your lifetime. Yeah. I have another great grandmother who was an immigrant from the Azores and she, I know that she was intuitive a, because she visited me and started speaking with to me in Portuguese one time when I had 105 degree fever and B wow. because she actually went back to the Azores. She lost a child here and she mm. thought the United States was absolutely cursed. And she had this feeling about the baby. She went back to the Azores to have a child because she had such strong premonitions. Oh. So it's, it's beautiful. And yeah. I think all of us, if we look, and I know genealogy is very big right now. And I think if we look back at our genealogy, we <laughs> will see a lot of our great grandparents have those similar stories where your great grandmother just had a feeling and she mm -hmm. moved away. Yeah. She went somewhere else. Now you can call it having a feeling then, or you could say I had a premonition, <laughs> but a lot of this was just done. Without, you know, you didn't, you didn't question it. You just had a bad feeling. You, you went back on a boat, you know, like, you, <laughs> yeah. And, and back then you would reason it, you know, cursed or, you know, lots of other unfortunate names, but sure. I, I think we all have the abilities. I love that. And I, yeah, I've heard that too, where we, we do not use nearly the, the full amount of uh, capability that our brains are are capable of. So I've definitely heard that as well. Um, I, I I feel like I could talk to you forever, um, but I wanted to ask you quickly, but uh, before we start to wrap up our interview, what about wild animals when wild animals 
crossover. Have you come across that at all or been told what what happens with them? Who greets them on the other side? How's the transition so, like? It was just like I described earlier where we have volunteers at home ah, or in I heaven see. that yep, will yep. walk them over. So there is okay. a wonderful, I mean, I can say wonderful, but a group of people. Wild animals are really, I want to say unique, but they're not that unique. Uh, <laughs> wild animals, because it's so instinct-based, it does seem to be just, again, an understanding of when they pass, they pass. It's not... <sighs> It's not fear the way you think of fear. Like when an, mm. a wild animal is fear-based, it's, it's, I am being watched. I am this. But when they pass, there's nothing of the sort. It's just, I'm gone. It's very, e it, very easy for them to pass. I think, in fact, easier than pets because pets, while they pass without question, there can be an emotional component that you will see. Oh, I tried to hang on for you. I did this. But wild mm. animals, it's beautiful. They just release. And there are people that greet them. And again, they have their family members because you still have family units and all animals are connected to their family. All animals have some connection with it. But I've talked with everyone from fish to snails to turtles, lizards, snakes, tarantulas. They all have a connection. They all feel it innately. Mm -hmm. And that connection, when they pass, they are greeted by those that they feel a connection with. What about animals like <laughs> roadkill, like ones that have been hit on the road and you see them laying there on the side? I always feel so much like, oh, like sadness. And uh, I feel terrible when I see a dead animal on the side of the road. So if they were hopefully um, killed instantly, for them, is it just like business as usual on the other side? Is that transition so fast? Or? Yeah, it's, 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 I, I hate to say this, but it's, I, I assume. Yeah. I, I, well, let me see. I have spoken to people that have passed in car accidents. I, I think I, I, what I'm connecting it to is people that are in car accidents where it's okay. like one minute you're here, next minute you're not. It's very, uh, yeah. I have talked to uh, pets that have been hit by cars and it's mm. very, Occasionally, again, they will try and if there's any chance they can hang around, they, they do try. These are pets. But with wild animals that are hit, they're gone instantly. Even yeah. if they're, let's say, you know, uh, and, and I'll compare this to New England because that's where I am. You'll have a mm -hmm. lot of deer or uh, uh, hopefully not, hopefully not elk or, you know, you'll have mm -hmm. moose. Moose are, <laughs> moose are pretty deadly up here. Yeah. Their heart might be beating, but they're, they're uh. gone. Got it. God is not going to allow them to be like, no, 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 your heart's still beating. You need to stay there in the middle of the road. No. Feel every God's broken bone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, no. That's fantastic. But again, in that sense, it's it's very similar to people. I, I, yeah. I think there is a misconception that we are different than, <laughs> than animals in that sense, but in fact, very, very similar. That's so nice. Well, Nancy, I want to uh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge, sharing your stories and for being that voice and that bridge for and animals with the physical and spirit. And I'm so grateful to you for having that courage, despite the difficulties that you had younger to follow that calling because it's so important for spirit to have advocates on this side. And so I want to just thank you again for that courage and thank you for your time tonight. 
Thank you so much for having me. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.